Welcome to Bossy's Purr, the podcast that discusses spirituality, mental health, and all things well-being. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today we're going to be pulling cards from the DBT deck for clients and therapists, and that is from Lane Peterson, um, Society LP, DBTC, okay? And we're also going to be reading out of the DBT Skills Training Manual by Marsha M. Linehan. Okay. The first cards that, or actually, excuse me, I shuffled the deck and two cards came out. And that's what our focus is going to be today. These two cards are Wise Mind Accepts. And what is distress tolerance? Wise Mind Accepts. The acronym ACCEPTS contains skills that keep you busy and distracted when you would otherwise be preoccupied by a crisis. It can be easy to dwell on what is going wrong, so instead focus on the behaviors in ACCEPTS to get yourself through difficult times. And what is distress tolerance? Many people cope with stress and crisis by getting into behaviors that provide relief, but at a great cost. Examples of these ineffective behaviors include alcohol and drug use, self-injury, gambling, spending money, and overeating. As an alternative, we can learn and practice the stress tolerance skills to manage stress and crisis in ways that help without having after effects that make our lives worse. To start, make two lists. List one List one is your ineffective coping behaviors. And list two is your healthy coping behaviors. Everyone has at least a few healthy coping behaviors. Your goal is to eliminate the behaviors on the first list while developing the behaviors on the second. And I think it would be fun if I do my list on here with you guys. So list one, my ineffective coping behaviors. Okay. Um, when I am having trouble coping, my first and foremost behavior is sleeping. I will kind of leave reality, escape as you wish, and I will go to sleep or oversleep. Um, another one of my ineffective coping behaviors um, I get mad. I get really irritable at people. Um, and I may say mean things or lash out in anger to my family or say if I'm having issues um, in in a personal relationship I will lash out instead of holding my tongue and picking my battles wisely Um, I will completely crash my diet and go and binge eat and make up a stupid excuse or I go shopping even when I don't have the money to do so. 
Okay, so there's some of my ineffective coping behaviors. Now, I have to list two healthy coping behaviors. Um, one is making this podcast. Not only am I helping others, but I'm helping myself learn. So, I would say the podcast. Um, journaling. Uh, I need to do this more, but artwork. Um, I want to, that's two, well, you know, it's three, but I want to come up with one more. (laughs) Um, I play with my cat. And not in a perverted way. Ubasti. Bastet. I will hang out with her or play with her. So that is an effective, healthy coping behavior. Okay, so feel free to pause the podcast and write your two lists or make a mental note to do that later. Let's go back to accepts. We're going to read out of the DBT training manual by Marsha in line hand. Okay. I'm going to start off with when is distracting useful? Okay. When you're in a crisis, distraction can help you avoid dangerous behaviors, but distracting can easily be overused. Do not use it as a routine method to avoid painful emotions. And here are some effective uses of distraction. 1. When emotional pain threatens to become overwhelming. When your emotional pain or upset becomes so great that you are in danger of becoming overwhelmed by it at work, at school, or at meetings, it may be more effective to distract yourself from the feelings in the moment instead of fully experiencing them. And here's a discussion point. Elicit examples of occasion when pain is intense, but it is not an appropriate time to work on changing the source of pain or figuring out and changing the painful emotions. Okay? Number two. Well, I guess that's a discussion point. Let's see if I could get an example for myself. When is pain intense, but not an appropriate time to work on changing the source of pain? Um, I, I guess I could go back to my earlier list when I said that an unhealthy coping behavior is when I'm feeling very irritable and I lash out at people. Um, so lashing out at people on a whim is not a healthy, healthy, um, coping behavior. It's not an appropriate time to work on changing the source of pain. Like when you're in the moment of anger, that's not appropriate to act on it. So can you think of, um, when an, an example from this in your own life, maybe when, when do you feel intense pain, but know that it's not an appropriate time to do anything about it. Okay. 
Number two, when problems can't be solved immediately. You can also use distraction when you have a problem that can't be solved immediately. An urgency to solve the problem right now is making it very difficult to focus on anything except the crisis. Okay. So that's a little bit about, you know, when is distraction tools useful and what you can do when you're at a place where you can't use them. Um, so now we're going to go on to point B, which is the seven set of distraction, distracting skills or accepts. Distracting from painful emotion or distress means turning one's attention to something else. There are seven sets of distracting skills. The sentence, wise mind accepts, is a useful way to remember these skills. Number one, activities. Engaging in activities that are neutral or opposite to negative emotions and crisis behaviors can work to reduce impulsive urges and distress in a number of ways. They distract attention and fill short-term memory with non-crisis-oriented thoughts, images, and sensations. They affect physiological responses and emotional expressive behaviors directly. They can reduce the emotional pain that often drives the crisis behaviors. Treatments that focus on behavioral activation, for example, are very effective in reducing depression. Number two, contributing. Contributing to somebody else's well-being refocuses attention from oneself to others and what one can do for them. Participating fully in the experience of helping someone else can make people completely forget their own problems for a while. For some individuals, contributing also increases a sense of meaning in life, thereby improving the moment. For others, it enhances self-respect. Number three, comparisons. Making comparisons also refocuses attention from oneself to others, but in a different way. In this case, the situation of others, those coping in the same way or less well, or the less fortunate in general, are used to recast one's own situation in a more positive light. Alternatively, one can focus on past problems that are no longer occurring and compare the present moment to this past difficult time. For example, watch soap operas or other TV shows where people have problems worse than yours. Number four, emotions. Generating different emotions distracts from the current situation and negative emotion. This strategy interferes with the current mood state. This technique requires first figuring out the current emotion so that activities for generating a different one can be sought. For example, read an emotional book such as a thriller Then after you put the book down, think back to the story in the book and experience that emotion. However, don't read something that'll make you feel worse than you already feel, or that'll cue crisis behaviors. Now, remember that 
you cannot get a different emotion simply by demanding it or using willpower alone. What is needed is an activity that will reliably set off an emotion different from the one that is generating so much pain. Okay, number five, pushing away. Pushing away from a painful situation can be done by leaving it physically or by blocking it from one's mind. Leaving the situation decreases contact with its emotional cues. Blocking is a somewhat conscious effort to inhibit thoughts, images, and urges associated with negative emotions. One form of blocking is to repeatedly put off destructive behaviors for brief periods of time. Blocking is a bit like riding a bicycle. People only understand when they do it. Understand it when they do it, sorry. Most individuals seem able to do this and will usually know what you mean as soon as you mention this technique. It is perhaps related to the ability to dissociate or depersonalize. It should not be the first technique tried, but can be useful in an emergency. The secret is not to overuse it. Example, build up an imaginary wall between yourself and others. Another example, put your emotions in a box and put the box on a shelf. This can be done through visualization or you can make an actual worry box and drop pieces of paper in it with labels of the stressors. And this one is also kind of sounds like uh, the EMDR exercise of container. So that would be a good one to look up. Okay. Put off smoking a cigarette every five minutes for five minutes. Number six. Thoughts. Distracting with other thoughts fill short-term memory. So that thoughts activated by the negative emotion do not continue to reactivate the emotion. For example, sing a song in your head. Or you are at a funeral and no one is crying and you feel that in any minute you are going to burst out sobbing, which you don't want to do. Distract yourself by counting something out of at the funeral, for instance, bricks on the wall, people in the pews, or words that are said by the speakers. Easier said than done if you're in a funeral, right? know if I like that example, but okay. <laughs> Number seven, sensations. Intense different sensations can focus attention on something other than the emotional distress. Its source or its crisis urges. Holding ice cubes in particular can be very helpful. In a skills training group run by a colleague of mine, the client brought everyone small refreezable <clears throat> ice packs Several clients would then take them frozen to therapy sessions to hold on to when discussing very painful topics like sexual abuse, which one client had not been previously able to discuss at all, or which this one client had not been able to discuss. This technique, while at times useful, also needs to be closely monitored so that it does not interfere with exposure to important and relevant cues. Other ideas for eliciting sensations are tasting tobacco sauce, lemon wedges, and intensely sour candy, or putting on headphones and listening to fast, upbeat music. Okay, 
and I have two discussion points here. Elicit the first one, elicit any objections participants have to using distraction and discuss these. Okay, so what are you know, of course, we're not going to be able to discuss this, but feel free to become aware of any objections that you may be feeling at this time, hearing, you know, the accept skills. Okay. And the second discussion point is some individuals spend so much time distracting themselves from their own issues and focusing on others' problems that they never get around to addressing their own. Okay, so these are two two good discussion points. The first one, um, like when it was talking about like almost like a forced dissociation, um... I could, I understand what they're saying, but it, like inside of me, I was kind of objecting to that while reading that, as well as the funeral one, just because I struggle with dissociation. So I know like forcing myself into that state probably wouldn't be something that I would want to do. I'm gonna reread it again, pushing away. Right? So, I understand that being able to leave a situation physically or if something is coming up emotionally again and again, there can it can be useful to block it away from one's mind. And a good example of that in my life would be um, there was somebody who abandoned me and my mind keeps wanting to think about them and kind of like yearn for them and it would be useful for me to use the pushing away part of accepts when thoughts of this person arises um, to practice pushing them away and focusing on something else Okay. And for the last discussion point, talking about um, spending so much time being distracted from my own problems and focusing on being helpful to others, I'm guilty of that. Um, especially a friend of mine who had schizoaffective disorder and I was present for their first psychotic episode um, and I lost myself taking care of this individual and putting my own uh, mental health on the sidelines to do so and so it became problematic because eventually I just I had a meltdown um, so yeah, I mean, be honest with yourself a time that you're focusing more on other people as a way to distract yourself and it becomes unhealthy, like an unhealthy helping, right? So to speak. 
So, I think I'm going to end it there. I hope that this was helpful. And, um, you know, for future podcasts, we'll discuss the accept skill more. Um, this was just what was said by Marsha M. Linehan herself in her DBT skills training manual. And I'm hoping to come out every day with a card reading of which DBT skill um, of the day. So I think that will be fun. So I hope you enjoyed listening and may you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye now.